Hello, everybody. This is Josh, also known as Yashu, and you're tuning into episode 25 of the TLOI Talks podcast. Happy New Year to everyone that's uh, tuning in. You know, we're back, more refreshed, and, you know, we're at the 25th, so it's a good milestone uh, right there, too. So uh, today on the podcast, uh, we have a very special guest, a well-renowned uh, uh, photographer within the Toronto GTA music scene who's worked with the likes of Animation and 808 Mozzie, has shot a variety of shows, including Red Veil, Denzel Curry, Ken- Kenny Mason, NASCAR Allo, and much more, and has done like a lot of uh, creative uh, work uh, behind the scenes as well, too. Uh, ladies and ge- gentlemen, we have Dawson ISO. How are you doing today, man? Good. That was the best introduction <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, like, I think just like even with our backstory, you know, like us like linking up for uh, the 808 uh, Mozzie thing, because I remember you reach out to me for the 808 Mozzie interview. We got it done but like i think um you didn't like pull up uh, for like the thing too because i know that you wanted to pull up to do the photographs yeah but like you know time worked well and we linked up at the video shoot back in like 2021 and all that and that was like a good vibe too even though like the video is like not gonna drop it anytime <laughs> soon and all that but uh i think we discussed that like earlier on uh, but no nah, it was a crazy experience uh, too and then you know seeing your growth and like with everything else too it's like crazy to see with what you're doing right now and you know we're gonna like dive into that uh, for a bit too but for the people who uh, don't know you uh, tell us like tell us more about yourself um okay uh like you said i'm a photographer um from toronto um i really started out just by playing with a camera in the streets that's really all it was um and then one day i just asked a couple of my homies if they wanted to be in some shots and then it just grew into this crazy non-stop not like just movement for me and so it's taken over my whole life now and this is what i do it's what i study it's it's everything and <laughs> yeah, no, almost definitely man and would you say that your first place of birth was in toronto or were you born at like another area and uh, what was it like for you uh, growing up born in newmarket uh originally i uh, lived there for most of my life uh bouncing in and out of toronto kind of um Honestly, the Newmarket art scene doesn't really exist, in my opinion, especially for people of our age. I feel like the younger generation is really missing out on something when it comes to there, um, which kind of is what dragged me to the city so much, is that the community here is so much more advanced than everywhere else that it just felt like somewhere that I belonged. So I was always in Toronto. I'd catch every train I could kind of thing, find a way. Yeah, definitely. And, like, you know, from, you know, birth until, like, adulthood, would you say, like, your childhood was, like, very great and... What were you like as a kid, like, around those times, you know? Um, I was actually raised by a single mom. Uh, she was very young when she had me, so <laughs> there was some ups and downs for sure, but um, it was honestly a blessing in my opinion. There's a lot of life lessons that I learned because of it and something that I value a lot. Yeah. Um, in terms of me as a kid, always very quiet, isolated, like, keep-to-myself kind of person, and I think that's kind of stuck with me too. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know, like, with kids, you know, like, usually when they're isolated, you know, they're getting into, like, other stuff and all that, like, with TV, with video games, with other stuff like that. Were you, like, into some of that type of stuff and all that? Or Video games, yeah. Uh, another big inspiration has always been music. Music just always was something that I was super interested in, too. Um, I remember, like, when I was really young, I'd be sitting in the back of the car, and my mom would play J. Cole's Sideline Story. Oh, uh, true, true. I would be singing that shit like nobody... <laughs> True, almost definitely. Was your mom like a big hip hop fan and all that? Uh, not really, no. Honestly, there was a, there was a couple albums that we had. Um, we had a DVD player, and I remember we play like the same four albums again and again. It was Sideline Story by J Cole. Uh, there was an Eminem album in there, Adele, and somebody else I can't remember, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, your mom ha- actually has like very good taste and all that, especially <laughs> like for J Cole, like because I know like at that age range, you know she might be, like, very young to even, like, know, like, J. Cole and all that. But, like, most parents, like, around certain age regions, you know, like, they're not really into that type of stuff. Like, they're more into, like, the 80s and 70s types yeah. of music and all that, you know, with, you know, Cher. Like, not Cher and, like, you know, like, Madonna, all that type of stuff, too. Prince, like, they're into that type of wave. But your mom being into, like, J. Cole and Eminem at that time, too, you know, like, it's very interesting to hear and all that, you know? Yeah, honestly, when I tell people that, normally they don't believe me. They're like, there's no way. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It, yeah, it was dope. Um, she's a big inspiration for me. She yeah. taught me a lot of life lessons, like I said, so yeah. I've just taken a lot from her. But, yeah. True, true. Uh, so, uh, New Market, was it very big uh, for the art scene uh, back then, or was it just... See- like, as a community at the time? No, there's zero. There's nothing there, honestly. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that town is very um, grow up in a friendly kind of environment kind of yeah. thing. Um, there's not really a lot of bad spots or anything like that. But um, 
it's pretty dry. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean because I know with uh, New Market, like they'll have like some rappers and other stuff and all that, but you know, or like shows, but it's like nothing really going on. Like I know, like you'd have to get like your first introduction to arts, like in the high school and all that, or like you have to go to Toronto. You go to Queen West. You know, you see some art and all that, and then like that kind of changes you and all that. Yeah, honestly, growing up there, I think when we were like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, it was really. It felt like it was me and animation that were making the kind of community that we wanted oh, true, in true. that town. So, yeah, yeah, we kind of had to make it for ourselves. There was never anything for us to grab onto. So true, true. So, like, what was like your first introduction to photography and content uh, creating, and what made you decide on like wanting it? Like, <laughs> actually, like the question that I was I was about to say was, what was like the first introduction to photography and content uh, creating for a bit? Um, honestly. I've always just kind of been around cameras. I remember we used to have those like Kodak cameras, the disposable ones where you flip things. Um, it's always been there for me and I've always kind of had it by me. But my real like first introduction into becoming a photographer was with another photographer whose name was I Am Justified on oh, Instagram. True. His real name is Benjamin Sabah. Um, I worked in the same place as him at the same time and he was doing pretty well for himself and he was shooting Russell and stuff like that at the time. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I really spent the time. I put the money forward. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Nah, most definitely. Because I know with me, um, like, I also do, like, photography and videography as well, too. And, like, I remember doing it in, like, 2018, getting it as, like, a grad gift, you know, with the camera. And, you know, just going to all these other places, like, shooting at these events, too. And, you know, it's uh, very interesting to see, like, all these, like, different forms of, like, photography and all that. And, like, how people, like, get started. Like, I remembered, like, even, like, a previous uh, situation a while back where... 20 in 2012 you know i did like some film uh, photography uh for a bit too um in this community-based program where you learn like where you learn like film photography you do like the photos and all that and it's like a crazy thing too because you know you're learning it at a very young age and then like sometimes too you kind of stop for a bit but like that thrill is like still there like always and then like once you get, like get it like at a later age like that hits like in that in that area like right there and all that you know yeah honestly it was there was a big connection for me between what I did as a kid to what I do now um it's kind of always been there in the back of my head yeah. and so bringing it forward and really like dedicating a piece of my life to it was an easy decision like really true true and you know getting it like getting into it like within the creative sense um how was that uh process like uh, was it like strictly through like high school and all that you know like I don't know if they have a good like arts program like in the school they used to go to um or would you say, like, it would be, like, from people, like, around you, like, within, like, a circle? Um, honestly, we did have an arts program at my high school. We had a photography course, and I got a 66 in it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not do well. Um, I, I think because of that, um, it might have been a little bit harder to yeah. kind of dedicate yourself to it. Um, but the people around me, like, animation and people like yeah. that, really helped me hone in and, like, make those choices of... How much time are you going to dedicate to this? How much money are you going to dedicate to this? You know, where is this going to take me? So, was like the standard for the photography like classic very like rigid and all that? Like I know like with some photography courses, they'll tell you you have to compose the photo like this. You yeah. have to kind of do it like that. You have to kind of do the editing style like that. You have to get like your subject in yeah. like that. Were they like on your ass about that, or was it like something like totally different? No, it was. They wanted you to shoot like rule of thirds kind of thing, right? Oh, they, it had to be by their book. And personally, I feel like my photography style is so much different than everybody else's like, compared to just what everyone's doing. And so I never really was like, I didn't want to do rule of thirds. You know, I didn't want to line things up properly. Yeah. And so they were against that. And I kind of ignored them. I was like, yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Because I know with photography too, but they have like a certain like set system, like micro, like free fourths and all that with the full frame, the APS-C and all that. So like usually they'll go by like certain standards of how you have to shoot and all that. So like if you're not shooting it within like the right like style, then like that's why like they're kind of like, they're kind of more against you. Like, whereas like, you know, with regular photography, like we have like free form photography. So, you know, shooting whatever you want. Like, would you say like with free form photography, like, it's more like a better way for you? Like, it's something that you prefer? Absolutely, yeah. My favorite photography is just when I'm by myself in the streets of Toronto. Yeah. And I feel like that's when I'm the most creative, when yeah. I get the most ideas. And so just being able to walk around with a camera and do what I want to do compared to, you know, do what somebody else is telling me to do is yeah. where I kind of thrive. And, like, in that sense, too, do you feel like people would have to go to school to do well, like, in photography? Or 
like would you say like you know like fuck the rules like hey we're gonna do it like this way and all that um i'm actually in school right now i'm studying it at a college it's my Uh, program but um my professor says something really that i relate to is you have to learn the rules before you can break them so i think there's a place where everybody has to start and i think that's a good spot but if you want to be an amazing photographer i feel like you really have to bend things to your reality all right Uh, most definitely and what made you decide on wanting to take it to like the next level in that sense? Honestly, I think it was just kind of always there. Like I kind of teetered on it for a little bit. I remember when I was 16, 17, I couldn't really decide if I wanted to launch myself into this crazy career. I was kind of thinking about studying architecture instead. And I just didn't want to be sitting at a desk for the rest of my life. And I was like, I could do this and I'm good at it. Yeah. And so I just kind of made the jump. Yeah, no, most definitely. Were there like other like initial like goals as well to like aside from the architecture type stuff, or were you like leaning into something else like you know within that realm? Like I know with other people like they'll do like the whole like doctor, nurse, lawyer, engineer type thing. Like, no, I've never really been one to follow like tradition. I feel like that. Um, so photography was like I said, it was always a thought, and so after I'd given up on architecture and I realized that it wasn't for me. I just kind of like sat down and decided like I need to decide what I want to do with my life. And I really just landed on that and there wasn't really any other option. It's kind of like I do this and it works or it doesn't. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Who would you consider like your main inspirations in terms of your creative journey in that sense? Honestly, I, I get a lot of inspiration from music. I feel like that's always where I've drawn it from personally. And I think people like J. Cole... J.I.D., Saba, Lou, those guys have always just been, like, the people that I wanted to work with the most. So I would listen to their music, and I'd take things from it, and that's how I kind of make, like, images and stuff like that in my head. And so it, it helps me find direction. Almost definitely. So you wouldn't, like, consider, like, any of the, like, photographers as, like, inspirations, or would you say, like, it's more so on the creative identity and idea of the style, like, instead of, like, the actual person in that sense? I think, yeah, I I get a lot more from just the art form itself. But obviously, like, over the years, I've picked up photographers who I really like and who inspire me. Um, Can't even think of any right now. (laughs) I mean, Vuland is, like, I think he's pretty good, like, within his own way of, like, the way he does, like, a lot of photography and all that. Like, his style, it's, like, very amazing, too. Uh, Greg Noir, who's, like, well-known, like, in the concert photography scene, like, with the all, like, black photos of some of these artists and like some of like the high res photos, like it's very good too. Um, there's this uh, guy by like the name of like Drew York and all that. Like he used to, like he used to be a photographer and like he used to cover like a lot of like the dope artists, like within the Toronto music scene, like, and you know, now he's managing like well-known artists uh, too. And then I think uh, there was like some other guys as well too. Um, uh, Kashan uh, Mystery, uh, who is actually, who actually does like photos uh, for the Toronto Raptors and like the MLB and Yahoo you know, he has, like, a lot of, like, good photos, too, from, like, a lot of, like, Toronto artists, and, you know, it's kind of, like, inspiring to see him at, like, a level, like, of where he is uh, now, and then there's this uh, kid uh, by the name of, like, uh, Steven, I think Van, like, Steve Van, who also teaches people, like, on how to do photography, the styling of photography, music videos, and, like, you know, I even met him at, like, some shows, and it was, like, pretty lit to, like, meet him uh, for a bit, you know? I think, for me, the biggest push was Dragon and Itch, the 97, he just has work ethic like nobody else. That <laughs> dude says so much. And yeah. he also puts out for the community. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, most definitely, man. Um, so what was like your first camera and lens that you used to start with your uh, photography career? I had a Rebel T5. Rebel Canon, T5? Always Canon. Never anything else, unfortunately. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, and I think the first lens I bought that wasn't the kit lens was an 85 millimeter. True. Yeah. I know with me, like, um, I had the kit for a bit, and then I got, like, a 55 to 250 for my first lens, uh, even with the EOS uh, Ripple T, uh, T6. But then, you know, when I got into the whole, like, videography realm, I did I got, like, the Panasonic, uh, like, Lumix uh, G7, which I only do it for videos and, like, for interviews, like, outside of the whole podcast stuff. So it's, like, very, like, it's interesting to uh, too for a bit. You know, 4K, I only have the kit lenses uh, for a bit, but I do want to upgrade, uh, but... You know, it's very interesting with what you're going to use and all that because, like, with some lenses, you know, you might not be able to use them at, like, certain events, but you learn, like, over time, like, in that sense on how to get the best photo, like, how to get the best angle and everything like that. I kind of, a lot of people say that is you have to have, like, a specific lens for a specific moment. 
I don't believe it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've been shooting with a 16 to 35 and only a 16 to 35 for at least three years now. Yeah. I've mastered that lens. That lens is my child. I, I just, I didn't have any other options, right? So shooting with that, I just found a way f- to make it work. Yeah, most definitely. Would you like ever go like red ring and all that, like with your lenses? Like you know, like what I mean, right? The the sixteen and thirty five. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Most definitely, man. Um, so what was like the first uh, photography piece or project that you worked on, and what was that experience like, and what was like the impact like once it was completed and when people started like noticing? The first project was I worked on Animation's mixtape and his promo with Cardinal. They dropped a mixtape together called. They have a group called Dirt Gang, just the sure. dumbest name in the world. <laughs> but I did the promo for it, and it was really simple. It was just like a couple of portraits and like a few spots yeah. and a couple of like tying pieces. Um, I hadn't really sat down and done a project like front to back like that before. Mm-hmm. And so seeing it all finalized and like putting it out piece by piece and seeing how people reacted yeah. to it was really cool. And just being able to contribute to something like that and be a part of something like that was special. And Thankfully, I still do it today. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, did people, like, ever, like, tap in uh, for a bit? Like, hey, like, I like the cover art. Like, hey, like, did this. do 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 Yeah, like, slowly over time. A lot of um, animations homies are not mine, but um, they didn't really know me back then. And so I kind of got introduced into his circle and his yeah. space because of it. And they all, to this day, just give me, like, such praise for the work that we do together. And it's it's amazing. Oh, true. <laughs> Most definitely. Because I know with animation, I think one of his uh, biggest singles was, like, change uh, for a bit, too. I don't know if anyone did the, yeah, no, nah, no worries, no worries. Um, I don't know if uh, you like did the cover art for the change song as well, or if that's no, that was hand drawn by one of our homies. Oh, true. Super cool though. Yeah. <laughs> I love that cover. Yeah, because I know like with change, you know, we talked about it, and you know, he said like a lot of like people like reached out with labels. It was on like a playlist for like Topsify, like Canada, and all that. So like that was like a crazy like moment right there. I think right now it's sitting on 400,000 on Spotify. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Nah, it's crazy. I think, you know, with him, like, you know, he knew he had to make it up for a bit and, like, you know, he's getting the blessings that he's needed and all that he knows, so. Yeah, right now we're working on an album. I'm not going to say the name of it, yeah. but um, we've been working on it for about two years, I want to say, and... Yeah be completely honest with you, I sit down and listen to these songs and I cry to them. Like, they're just the most beautiful things. And so seeing him evolve is it's yeah. wonderful. It's a pleasure. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we'll get more into animation on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, getting back onto, onto the whole, like, photography uh, realm, uh, what made you, like, fall in love with, like, photography, like, in general, like, in that sense? Street photography. Oh, true. 100%. Um, like I said, I'm always, I've always been isolated, quiet, just, like, to myself kind of thing. And so... Being able to walk around the city with a camera and just find locations that nobody else has and just make art out of it, it was amazing. Um, I still love it to this day. I've done it hundreds of thousands of times, taken hundreds of thousands of photos, and it hasn't gotten old yet. So (laughs) true. (laughs) Was it like a main inspiration for your new for your style right now? Because like when I look at your photos, it's kind of like you know the whole like you know you see them like within a gaze, like in a lower stance and all that. You see like, the full body frame and all that, you see, like, the person, like, around, you see, like, the unique colors, like, you know, more of the darks, you know, more of the shadows. Like, was it, like, something that inspired your style off for a bit, or were, were there, like, other styles, like, for a bit? No, honestly, it's always been street photography for me. Um, yeah, you talk about, like, the colors and stuff like that. I try to make the city, like, look like Gotham. I yeah. feel like my, my photos kind of represent, like, a separate reality yeah. almost. Yeah. And so um, being able to, like, paint your own world and emotions into, like, this, like, environment is so much power but it's like amazing yeah. right uh, most definitely because like i saw like this one tiktok that you had uh to like i recently uh, just uh, followed you and you know you were taking like you know like photos like within like one eight seconds and all that of like i think uh the old city hall and like you yeah. know it's just like one like at one second and then it, like it's going like all around and all yeah. yeah yeah so it was like kind of interesting on like how you like did that editing uh, piece and all that and I don't know if it's like, you know, you mainly did it on Premiere Pro or like what was like the style? I can't do Premiere to save my life. <laughs> I don't understand it yeah. at all. I am thankfully very good at Photoshop. Uh, true. Uh, so I've been abusing the timeline feature in there. <laughs> uh, Photoshop or Lightroom? They're both good for different things. Yeah. Uh, Lightroom, when it comes to actually, you know, deciding Light. the lighting and stuff yeah. like that. And but, like working on the specific photo, but like Photoshop, if you want to make it into like 
a unique like world and all that to kind of make it like a unique style and all that. So yeah. yeah, especially when it comes to concert photography, I feel like sometimes just the artist can be a bit bland. And I feel with concert photography, you're, you're really relying on that person to make your image. So Photoshop kind of gives you that extra yeah. little power to make it into something else. Yeah. So Most definitely, man. Um, for other people that might want to know like your style, like. I don't know if you want to be descriptive of like the style, you know, for people that aren't like looking at the phone or not checking it out for a bit. Um, honestly, it's hard to describe. It's it's very different. I feel it took me a long time to kind of craft my style and find what I liked the best. Um, like I said, everything's shot with a wide angle lens, and I just try and find perspectives that other people don't. And in my head, it's just how I view the world. It's the things that I see daily, kind of thing. But. Yeah, that's yeah. honestly it. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I think like this is like um not like the not the <laughs> I wasn't gonna say like the end of the hour. I feel like this is gonna be like the tip of the iceberg for a bit too. Like with uh, this uh, question, so you know you were known as Bennett back then, and I don't know if people still want to call you uh, Bennett or like you only want to be called like Dawson from now on. But um, um, is the only pe- person that calls me Bennett still. I think um, the transition was kind of just from like how I felt personally. Bennett was, Bennett's my mother's maiden name uh-huh. and it's kind of where I started. And I felt like there's been a long road since then. It's been like six years. So um, it was kind of just like looking back, I felt like I evolved as like an artist and a creator and I was like trying to rebrand and everything. So. And uh, with uh, Dawson, like how did you uh, get the name as well? Um, Dawson.ISO was, I tried a couple of them. Um, I, it was, I kind of wanted to relate it to photography because I'm still growing. I'm still trying to make a name for myself and stuff like that. But foremost, I wanted something that was original that not everyone else was doing. Um, and I also wanted people to see that it was me that was doing it. And so putting my first name up there was really just telling people like, I'm, I'm here for this. Like I'm yeah. hungry. Right. So Yeah. yeah. Nah, most definitely. Because I know with like change, like rebranding and like changing certain names too, it's like a worthwhile process too. Because you know some people like they only prefer like the name that you know they knew you before. Like imagine like if they know Bennett like for like a while and all that, and then you switch to a new name after like you know relearning and reintroducing yourself to like with that name for a while. Like sometimes too, like some people might get like tired of it. Others like they'll adapt to like very easily. Like hey, I'll call you Dawson. You know, like there's like no issue with that and all that. Like I don't know if you've had issues with people like noticing that too. Um, Maze and Bevy are the only people that still call me it. Like I said, they, they're stuck on Bennett. They won't change it. Um, but realistically with the homies, I feel like all of them call me Dawson. So it wasn't really too much of a transition in terms of people transitioning in terms of like people that followed my work it was pretty smooth. I feel. Yeah. yeah. Almost definitely. And you know, with working with people like Ido and Mazi and like animation and all that, like how did you manage to like tap in with them and what was like working with them like, and what were some things that you learned from them? that you know you took on within like your daily life like in that sense with animation um when i was 15 i got my first job it was mcdonald's like everybody um we literally made burgers together that's how it started um and i remember i pulled up to like a mixtape drop for him one day and i was like let me do this with you like let me let me help with this um and so it's just transformed into this like brother relationship kind of thing i feel like i can be like the biggest, excuse my language, but bitch for him. <laughs> and but he's also always there for me and stuff. Um, and then with Maze, it was just like a person through a person through a person through yeah. a person. And I just haven't stopped working with them. And I always hit them up, tell them, you know, I love you. Keep working. Keep doing your thing. So, well, stuff. Like one thing that I could say about like Maze and with animation, and all that. Like, they're always consistent in, like, whatever they have to do and all that. Like, I know Mazi, like, he had to take, like, a break uh, for a bit, like, after, like, what happened. But, you know, I've seen him, like, recollecting, like, his stuff back up, you know, getting back on foot, you know, working on all these projects. Because, like, he was doing, like, movie scenes uh, for a bit. You know, he had, like, you know, very, like, big, like, music videos uh, for a bit, too. I worked with him, like, on the video stuff, too. Like, he's always consistent on, like, what he's doing. To seeing him like now getting back on his feet and like you know going for the best like that's a great thing too animation as well too like he's always like dropping music every other time like his whole like musical change like it was like so crazy as well too from like the whole like hopson like you know rapidy rapper type thing to this whole like emo like soundcloud type type wave and all that that was like so crazy uh, right there you know like seeing and seeing him like go to like first class fest and like you know social outcast and all that like that was crazy too you know 
if you like what you see, like the change, yeah. you're gonna be blown away in like a couple months. <laughs> this guy's got the most beautiful shit sitting on the shelf right now. And honestly, like they both have just taught me what hard work and dedication is for real. So yeah. being able to work with them is honestly one of the biggest pleasures in my life. Um, most definitely. And in terms of like, you know, music and like concert photography, I know that he talked about like doing street photography for, for a bit, you know, going to Toronto, going to all these other events too. But, um, and like, you know, we've dabbled in on like the whole like animation, 808 Mozzie type stuff. But how did you get into like the realms of like music and concert photography and what made you decide on wanting to follow that route from like now on? Um, I started by shooting animation shows. That was like the first step into it um, in terms of like being at a concert with a camera. Um, I've always just loved music. And so being able to meld like my passion and something that I love was super easy once you have those connections. Um, in terms of like a decision of I want to do this for the rest of my life, um, it, it didn't take any decisions really. It just happened over time. And I kind of just kept working and trying to motivate myself to do it. And I bugged everybody for photo passes and everything like that. And it just builds over time. And so, and you know, you gain more connections, you know, you like meet other photographers and all that. Cause I know like, you know, you've tapped in with like a lot of other people too, you know, you're now like doing like a lot of like stuff uh, coming up that we'll discuss uh, later. But um, like, how was it like, you know, even going to these concerts and like being in that photo pit and like interacting with like other photographers and all that? The first big show I did was Saba, which was like massive for me because I've always loved his music. But um, it's the first one is it's a lot of anxiety. I was like sweating the entire time, just like trying not to mess up. And yeah. I was like, I got to get good photos out of this. And then I just realized like as the kind of the show went on, yeah. I was like, this is where I belong. Like yeah. I'm going to outshoot everybody here. I'm going to do what I need to do. And then yeah. it's going to be over. But yeah. Yeah, no, nah, one thing I noticed too, like, especially with that Sabbath show, um, there was like this other guy that was uh, doing uh, photos with you too. I think one of his photos got reposted by like another thing too. Like, I don't know if you've uh, noticed that. I don't think I did, no, yeah. unfortunately. I think I will uh, definitely uh, post uh, that link uh, to uh, for a bit for people that want to tap in. But um, no, nah, like I know like that one guy that did the photo like at the show, like along with you, he actually managed to uh, do some shows at like Rolling Loud and all that and like, I managed to meet him, like, maybe, like, I think some years uh, back. Uh, we worked, like, with the same, like, publication and all that. And, you know, it's interesting to see, like, how people, like, are growing, like, in that sense, too, you know, like, with their photos, everything go going on and all that. So, yeah. I man. love to see people succeeding like that, especially in those moments where it's, like, you have this opportunity, make something of it, right? Like, yeah. try, do something. And so seeing people succeed in this city just brings me nothing but happiness, yeah. honestly. And, you know, what was, like, that impact, uh, like, for you, you know, like, even going to these events and shooting and having, like, those whole, like, reposts from, like, other artists and, like, people, like, tapping in to follow you and all that? Um, have you noticed, like, like, did you ever gain, like, any, like, recognition in a way from, like, all these events? Yeah, definitely. Um, the Kenny Mason show, Kenny himself reposted the photos, which was, like, a really big thing for me personally because I love his music and I love him, but... Um, there was a lot of numbers that came with that. I think my following got boosted a little. The oh, likes true. on the post got boosted a lot. But um, the recognition really isn't something that I try to focus on too much, especially when it comes to, like, Instagram numbers and stuff like that. I'm, I don't really care about it. I try not to care about it. I think meeting people and, you know, hearing, like, how they think about the work and stuff like that, that's the big part. So... Meeting, or I guess talking to Red Veil's manager and Red Veil himself after the show and seeing like what they thought about it, super dope, amazing people, right? Um, Denzel Curry liked the post of Red Veil too, and that was just like it's a moment for me personally, right? Yeah, where it's just like that is something like full, that I'm gonna cherish. Yeah, for it's like forever. a yeah, it's like a full like circle like moment in that sense exactly. too. You know, just yeah, nah, because I know like you know with certain promoters too, like they'll usually tend to like shut down like other people that want to get in unless you follow within their certain standards. You work for a publication and all that that type of stuff but you managed to go for the source and you know you didn't have to do all that hassling and all that um like would you ever like work for a publication like to appease to the like promoters or would you only go within your own route like tapping in with the managers and all that i think there's a lot of positives to both um i do work for a publication right now they're a little bit bigger their name is canadian beats not ah, true um super blessed to have to be able to work with them because they've brought me so many opportunities and there's a lot of things coming within yeah. the next, like, three months. True, true. Um, but uh, 
I think there's something like really beautiful about just creatives talking to each other. Yeah. If you can make it happen by just talking to the artists, the managers and stuff like that, that's the best way to do it in my opinion because publications are kind of like the middleman and it kind of takes away from the experience a little bit sometimes. But being able to see those people, talk to them, be in the green rooms with them, you know, be assigned to them, have just like moments with them is, it's it's something that I really look forward to in those occasions. Most definitely because I know of some people too, like you only have to do like the first three songs and then you're out and all that. Like, and most people have to go like to the back of the venue to like outside or you're in the side set. So you're not really doing like anything this much too. But with you, you know, you're going like, there's like no limit for you. You're going to all these other areas, like getting it in like the best ways uh, possible. And then, you know, you're interacting at the end too. So you didn't really have to like worry in that sense too, you know? There's uh, it, it kind of flips. Even if you shoot for an artist, sometimes they'll only give you three songs. Not true. Right. But um, it's nice just kind of having that connection between them yeah. because it always opens up more doors. Like I shot for Red Veil at the Denzel show and I'm going to shoot for him again in April when he comes uh. here. <laughs> and so that's kind of like a, an advantage of it, right? Is yeah. If it was with the publication, I might not have a chance to do that. But because yeah. they know me, they know my face, they know the work, it was a lot easier. I just DM the manager. I was like, yeah. hey, man, can I please have this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, most definitely, man. No, like it's uh, kind of crazy too because like especially with publications uh, too, like, you know, for photographers, like they're either supposed to like write and do the photos or they need a like another writer uh, with them. Would you prefer doing the whole writing and photos too or would you get someone to write for you like in that situation if possible? I do write for myself right now. I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest. I think that the photos speak for themselves. I think the work is really like, what I try to focus on the most when it comes to like writing for photos, sometimes it can take away from it because if you really want to read those articles and feel like what it felt like in that venue kind of thing, the photos are the best way to do that by far. That's where the energy is and everything like that. And me sitting down on a Microsoft Word document for 30 minutes (laughs) isn't going to change that. (laughs) And then like editing later on, like Grammarly and then, you know, sending it to like, you know, the editor in chief and then like having to find out like, Hey, is it good? Is it bad? Yeah. Yeah. It can be a little draining, yeah. but it's it's a part of the process. Yeah, not exactly, man. And, you know, from picking up that camera to, until now, like, you know, getting into, like, all these, like, other areas and all that type of stuff, too, uh, did you feel that you've grown as creative and that you came, like, a long way in that sense? Massively. I've been shooting for six years, and it wasn't until 2022 that I felt like I was finally able to do what I wanted. Photography is very much a muscle, and you have to exercise it. You have to exercise your brain. You have to, you know consistently do it or else you're not going to get better yeah. it took me five years to get to the point where i went okay like i'm i'm cool now guys <laughs> I, yeah. I know how to do this but um i feel like i'm finally in a space where if i have an idea i can execute it and i feel like my ideas are worth something finally which is big yeah oh, most definitely and you know getting into the whole like client talk uh, for a bit too so animation and you know Masi, they're like your only clients uh, right now right not really um Thanks so much is on and off. I've worked with him on a couple of things. Um, he's doing really well in like a really short span of time. And he's also super nice dude. I've shot with him twice now. Um, the second time I shot with him, we just sat in his car and listened to this as an album for like a oh, couple true. minutes. <laughs> um, and honestly, animation isn't really a client to me. Not too much. He's just my brother. Yeah. Like it's working with him is just what we do. That's yeah. how our relationship oh, is. Exactly. Um, in terms of finding new clients, I always try to stay on the lookout. Um, I want to spread my work as much as possible, and I know mm-hmm. that the best way to do that is by doing work for people. Um, and it can be tough, especially in this city. It can be, like, really tough finding new people who are willing to, like, trust you with the vision. So I'm very blessed to, you know, have made those connections and keep them and keep working with them, but I'm always looking for new stuff too. Yeah, no, most definitely. And, you know, like for some people too, like they have to find a specific type of client or like they're looking for like whatever whatever client like fits uh, like best for them too. Like for you, like what do you look for like in a client in that sense? Um, I'm pretty open to most things. Um, there's not really like a specific person that I look for. The only real difference is if I consider it work because when I work with animation, I don't consider it work or maze. Um, it really just feels like what I'm supposed to do in this life. Um, so I guess the, the only thing really is that animation gets photos for free. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> and everybody else kind of has to submit to the bank account. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most definitely. And you know, like when dealing with clients, uh, too, have you ever had like any like bad experiences or 
like experiences that you know that could have gone like a little bit like differently like in that sense too or of course yeah everybody does um working with restaurants specifically is pretty tough meeting expectations with them um a lot of them have like expectations that they see at other places and there's like thousand dollar productions behind them and so that's kind of difficult but at the same time i'm always a person that's like down to make it work just do everything i can i always want my clients to be happy and you know successful with what they do so if i can do anything to make it work then i try my best to definitely and you know like saving up uh this question to like even for the rep uh, with the whole client talk so i've actually uh spoke with uh, bavaro beats a guy that i had on the podcast a while back to about like you know like the idea of like working for free too and like this is like a situation where this uh, videographer like i don't know if you're if you're big on like toronto videographers by any chance a little bit a little bit so there's this guy named uh, david del rosario who uh, posted on instagram a while back saying you know like his issues with like tr- people like expecting work for free like toronto rappers all that type of stuff too like you know free music videos editing and all that and this came after the situation where k money uh like a well-known rapper like posted photos saying hey fam like you know i need some videos uh, for the free skis and all that type of stuff and all that and like he had fought, like David had thoughts about quitting about that because of situations like like that where I think he, I saw that yeah. yeah um I don't mind working for free um the big thing is just like what are you gonna do for me right because if I'm gonna spend like my time and money to make something for you and you know I make stuff to make stuff yeah. right like that's that's why we do it um I guess yeah it's it's really just like what do you get out of that situation and there's times where it's acceptable and there's times where it's not. Toronto specifically, especially in the music scene, there's a lot of people that will always expect free shit. And I have trouble giving it out sometimes just because it's hard to believe in somebody that you don't know when you're working with the first time. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it, honestly. It's it's okay, but it's rare. But would you work, like, with a budget, like, in that sense, too? Like, let's say, like, hey, I only have a budget, like, for this amount. Would you be able to do some magic on that, like, in that sense, too? Like, let's say if you know, we're shooting, uh, like, we have, like, a music video for, like, $1,000 and all that, and, you know, we have to pay certain people for some stuff, like, for the location, we pay this amount, you know, for the video vixens and the other people in the background, we pay for this amount, the catering, the vehicles, and then, you know, for the editor and for the videographer and all that, like, would you be open, like, in that sense, too, to figuring out, like, on, like, what's needed, like, with the money and everything like that? Absolutely, especially when it comes to small artists who are still trying to make it. Um, I always tell them that whatever you pay me, there's like a good chance that it's just going to get reinvested into what we're making because I do these things so that I can make them, right? Yeah. Um, so if obviously people have got bills to pay and stuff like that, so I always try to be open to figuring stuff out. But um, a lot of the time we reinvest like the budget that we get. So if we're making $1,000 on a video or something like that, me and the homies are probably taking home 200 realistically like yeah. we'll, we'll put time into the location we'll scout we'll find good things props you know if we need a smoke machine for the day if there's lights that we don't have yeah. anything like that we try to make the most out of the opportunity yeah exactly and you know just like adding into like what we have uh right now so for people that want to know so dawson would actually be headlining an actual event like a photo gallery event on like february uh, 26 hosted by social outcasts at this uh, location on queen street west We'll post like the link uh, once it's uh, dropped. Uh, but you know you're headlining this like photo gallery event uh, called Isolation Volume One in Toronto. So do you want to explain more on that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I am the headliner for the event, but there are four other beautiful, wonderful, amazing photographers that are going to be there too. That are also posting work. Um, T dot Cam, Kiga with Cold, Detrimental Visions, and Suni. Every single one of them are just blow me away motivate me just amazing people um in terms of my uh part in the gallery um it's something that i've wanted to do for a really long time i had my first gallery uh, around the same time last year but this one feels a lot different because i'm the headliner um i tried to keep the list of people like really limited because i didn't want to take away too much from what we were doing um the photos that i chose and selected really say a lot about me as a person the art i make and stuff like that and it this has been in my head for like five months now or something. So I'm really excited to finally give it to the people. And I just hope people enjoy it. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> Now nah, most definitely. So like, is it actually like a ticketed event or like would people like just tap in and like check it out off for a bit? There is tickets to the event. Um, 
we do have a max capacity of 250 awesome. so please buy them soon i don't want anyone <laughs> to miss out um but yeah Nah, most definitely, man. Like, I'll uh, definitely uh, tap that in and like show it to the link uh, once uh, released and all that. So, um, you know, getting back onto other subjects since we still have like uh, some time uh, for a bit, you know, to speak more on the whole like you know client work with like Toronto artists and all that. Um, there's a videographer up by the name of uh, Macadelic actually. So, in a situation, uh, he actually interviewed um an artist by the name of like Doughboy uh, DQ, and I think uh like. I think months out after like the interview or like weeks after the interview, you know, there was a situation on like that he got like robbed of for stuff, you know, because I think people like around like a certain area didn't like the interview that he like he had with him. Like, were you like in some situations like that? Are you like ever like in fear or are you ever like paranoid or afraid, like, you know, dealing with certain clients and working in situations like that where you have to pick a side in that sense? Not really. No. Um, Personally with me. I try not to involve myself in drama or beef or anything like that. I try to send positive energy to everybody that I see. Um, I've had a couple of situations where people have tried to run me for my camera in Toronto yeah. <laughs> specifically, especially when you're shooting street at night. It gets a little tricky. In terms of my clients, I think I've been pretty blessed of just working with like positive, good people. And I think if you really sped, spread positive energy out there, it'll find a way back to you. Almost definitely. Like, I know, like, in some situations, too, like, you know, working with certain people, too, you know, it kind of depends on, like, certain situations, too, like, on, like, affiliation. Like, hey, if you're my guy, you're my guy. If you're rocking with them, you know, like, I don't know what the trust is and all that. So it's kind of, like, more so, like, you know, finding people, like, within, like, a unique energy, as you said, like, positive energy that are not, like, within, like, that, like, lifestyle to kind of, like, be in, like, situations like that. Yeah, I've never really been somebody that looks out for like violence or anything like that right oh, true um i think i'm just really lucky to have surrounded myself with those people that have more to do in life than that realistically so wow, most definitely um there is also a situation too like in, in the midst of uh, photography i think this was two years ago i think there was this uh, guy on tiktok a guy on tiktok where um he had like a photo pass and like i think uh, you know like he was uh, going to connie's events and all that so he made like a fake uh, photo pass to shoot like uh, the uh, Donda like events. I think at the arena like in Atlanta and all that. Like I don't know if you saw like the TikTok. I did, um, but that sounds hype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like in some situations like that where you could like make a fake you know photo photo pass and all that, like sneak in, like take photos. Like, do you ever feel like that's like a lot of like a lot of risk? You know, like even being in like situations like that. I think there is a good amount of risk for it because I know venues will purge people for that and like ban them. And then you're banned from that venue for life. Um, at the same time, though, I have like a sense of respect for it because that guy chose to, you know, put it on the line and try and do that because he really wanted to. And that's something that I try to do myself, not necessarily like forge photo passes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it like, takes it takes a lot to put, you know, yourself on the line like that and yeah. walk out in there. But if he did it, he did it, right? Yeah. Most definitely. Because I know in some situations too, with like some like concert photographers. Like, they're really against, you know, people doing stuff like that, that, you know, not respecting the rules and, like, you know, going, like, on their own way and all that, you know, following their own, like, individual uh, route and all that. Do you ever feel, like, in some situations, too, like, the old, like, concert photography rules or, like, the old pit rules, like, kind of have, like, a digital mental effect on the idea of uh, creativity? Yeah, a little bit. Um, they're obviously there for a reason. A lot of it's health and safety with the venues, um, especially making sure that people don't go on stage or anything like that. Um, the pit is always rambunctious and like way too short for like anyone to really take their time and like think about what they want to do. But at the same time, I think it really separates us. There's a lot of people that want to be concert photographers and there's a lot of people that have dedicated themselves to it. And I think it's two very different things. Um, and so... They're, those people are in the pit for a reason. Like, they work to get here. They made the connections they needed to make. But um, sometimes you just got to risk it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, now nowadays, too, I, I think, like, they're even condensing the rules for creativity to not be allowed. Like, I know um, there's, like, this tweet uh, by Under Oath. Like, their management team, like, is looking for, like, you know, actual people, like, fans to shoot the concert instead instead of, like, actual like, concert photographers from what people might have assumed and all that, even though it's like an experience where they have their own two uh, sort of photographer and then, you know, they give, like, I think, um, like, a point-and-shoot up for a bit, too, with, uh, like, not... I think it's, like, 
I think with like some film that you know like they'll just give to like the manager and all that. So I don't know like how how you would like react to like situations uh, like that. You know where you know like venues and like management teams and like artists are trying to do this for their fans, but like they won't give that opportunity to a concert photographer in that sense. It's it's a it's a win lose situation. Realistically, I'm sure that one of those fans has dreams of being a concert photographer and needs to get a foot in the door somewhere, and yeah. that could be it. Realistically. At the same time, like, I spend months planning these, like, ahead of time. So, um, realistically, if you're hungry enough and you want to do that, that's dope. And if the managers decide that that's a good decision for them, absolutely. But um, I do think people underestimate us a little bit just because of how much work these things really are. You know, you take 2,000 photos in a night and you repost everything, like, 10 final edits by the next day is, it's a lot. Um... But realistically, you'll find the people that you rock with and they'll find you. So, definitely. And, you know, like in some uh, situations, uh, too. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, like, I'm just like losing my track of thought. Uh, like, I know, like, St. John, um, the artist, he had a show like two years uh, back where he didn't even want like actual like concert photog- uh, photographers at all. Like, just like certain fans to come with their phone and like record. Like, I don't know if you know that situation as well. I haven't heard of that one. I've heard of a couple of them. Uh, First Class Fest was the same. You guys were, anyone that came could have had DSLR, point and shoot, anything like that. Um, the thing that I noticed with that is that there's a lot of overload the next day. So, like, the posts go crazy. Like, there's every fan will have something to post, kind of. And um, it kind of drowns out our work a little bit because it, it makes it a little bit harder to find, you know, those people's attention when you need it. But realistically, everyone's there to have a good time. You know, yeah. like that's all it is. Yeah, no, most definitely. And, you know, getting on to some of these like last questions uh, for Bitsu, how do you feel about the Toronto GTA creative scene? Like at the moment, do you feel like there should be some changes on like how the scene should go to? Or do you feel like it's fun the way it is? I feel like it used to be really good. Like it used to be amazing back in like 2016 to 2019. I think now specifically for t- photography, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think there's some people that are looking to change it, myself included. Um, Dragon Andich has done like an amazing job of breaking that barrier between the top and the bottom where he has a can you remember what his events are called? But he he hosts his own stuff and he he keeps it open and people can ask him questions. He talks to them, he stays there, he puts up work and everything like that, and he makes an experience out of it. But Outside of him, I don't really see anyone kind of making that move for the city right now, which is kind of what I'm trying to change a little bit. But yeah, yeah. no, most definitely because I know with like a lot of like photographers too, like that used to do photography, like now they're managing artists. Now they're in the mu- in the music industry in some way, should perform. Now they're like in New York or LA, like working with some artists too. So now it's like left with the other people like around in that city on like what they're gonna do. So. Nowadays, it's like finding like a leader and someone that's not with the whole like gatekeeping uh, type stuff. So, yeah. it's do you feel like gatekeeping has uh, ruined uh, t- Toronto photography? Like in that sense, a little bit. Um, I feel like we all need to succeed. You know, like I feel like I, there there doesn't just have to be one of us that does well. There's enough space for everybody in this community to you know get some love and everything like that. But gatekeeping for sure closed some doors on some people it's happened to me before i've seen it happen to other people um in my perspective i just kind of want everyone to do well like when i have an extra ticket to a show or something like that i bring another photographer if i you know have extra time on my hands i'll plan a photo walk for like 20 people in the city to find some new spots if i have a couple extra months around i'll plan a gallery with four other people right so Ah, oh, most definitely, man. And what would be, like, some good advice uh, for people that want to be, like, your footsteps or, like, any creative that you would give, like, any advice uh, for, like, on how to succeed or how to, like, start off, you know? Never stop working. Work constantly. Take photos constantly. Exercise with your camera and your hands. Don't do anything except photography. Dedication is, like, literally everything, and it's the only reason that I'm here because I just didn't stop working. People tried to tell me, Time and again, like, this isn't going to work. You're not going to do this. You can't shoot Denzel Curry, bro. That's crazy. Like, what are you talking about? And so the day that I shot Denzel Curry, I texted, like, four people. And I was like, hey, man, guess what? Excuse my language again, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, no, exactly. And, you know, always shoot raw, you know, because I think if you do shoot in JPEG, you know, kind of ruins the distill, like, the distillation of photography. Like, when you're shooting raw, like, that's always, like, your it's aspect. Everything. Yeah. yeah, it captures everything, honestly. I Honestly, I, I used to shoot only JPEG. Um... 
And then once I really like dived into it, I was like, oh, that was such a mistake. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Raw is like that whole like creative factor too with JPEG. It's like, oh shit, like now we have to kind of make it look lit. The <laughs> issue is that there's just not enough data in one of them. Like JPEG it doesn't pick up enough, yeah. but Raw, you just have so much more like range in it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> and um, no regrets or anything like that? Or do you have any regrets? Oh man, I'm I'm about to headline a gallery. I got Denzel Curry, Kenny Mason, Saba, all of that behind me. I got a lot more homies in front of me. <laughs> um, I got this project with animation. I wouldn't change a single thing, man. Nah, exactly, man. And aside from the gallery, like, do you have anything else uh, going on, or like, that's it? Animation's making an album right now. I have constructed the entire like visuals for it, and it's probably what I'm most proud of. And then uh, I do have something for 2024, but I'm not saying anything uh, yet. <laughs> All right. I mean, we're in 2023 right now, so yeah. I think we have to start 2023 off uh, right, you know? And yeah. right, we're doing it uh, right now with this podcast, you know, the 25th episode. So it's a good li- uh, li- milestone for a bit, you know? So, and uh, do you have any uh, closing remarks you'd like to say? Just spread positivity, spread love. Um, as long as you have love in your heart, you'll, do, you'll be successful. That's honestly it. Well, Steffi. And uh, for people like in the area, do you do you want them to call you uh, Dawson or just Dawson ISO? Either one, man. I'm <laughs> just here for the people now. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> you guys want. <laughs> nah, most definitely. Uh, like, do you want to like tap in your socials, uh, your socials, and all that for people like to follow you and all that? Go straight to Instagram, Dawson ISO. That's it. Nothing else. No TikTok. No Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> definitely check that out. And uh, Dawson, you know, thank you for coming by to Tilawai. You know, for sharing your story, sharing your, everything like. And sharing everything else as well, too, with your content, your story, you know, even with this whole gallery thing, too. We'll have uh, people uh, tap in uh, with the link, you know, to purchase tickets or to check out the event, like, once it's uh, released and all that. Uh, Definitely, like, get your tickets soon. Um, Also, once this is released, you could access this on all, like, social platforms, you know, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Buzzsprout. So, unfortunately, we don't have Sounder anymore because... The hosting uh, platform for Sounder came to an end, but you could definitely uh, check it out like on all other uh, platforms uh, too, as mentioned. And you know, you could definitely uh, tap in uh, with the reels and everything else uh, too uh, for the podcast. And uh, you know, this is Josh, also known as Yashu, with Dawson, also known as da- Dawson ISO, on Tilo Talks, signing off.